Welcome back to the Girl to Grown podcast, episode four, where we chronicle our stories and we give other sisters the permission to do the same unapologetically. So hello, we're back in the building, ready to spit these gems and hope that these truths resonate with some of you. This particular episode is about dream casting. We are on the segment, Dear Lady Love. So the journal prompt for this particular episode is, My womanhood and its myriad of paths are determined by myself and the Most High God. Period. My womanhood and its myriad of paths are determined by myself and the Most High God. My womanhood and its myriad of paths are determined by myself and the Most High God. Period, 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 period. So I have to end it the way these young Generation Z people do. For me, this particular subject has me excited and nervous. The excitement comes from me finally being able to dictate the terms of my life. Dream casting. This is the topic of the tea, tarts, and maybe a biscuit at the kitchen table. I was elated from the inside out. It was like I had discovered or had been brought into a newfound freedom. I can unleash my unleash my imagination to craft whatever is appropriate for my needs and my wants. So my her story is one that is crafted by keenness, stillness, grounding, innate capacity, increased consistency, self-trust, But my task was to make things even more detailed, even more tangible. This journey of reclaiming the dream process for me as a sister woman was about Crafting the kind of woman I wanted to be. What were my strengths? What were my areas of growth? What were my powers? How would I create boundaries? What were my spiritual, emotional groundings, practices, principles? Who would be in my tribe? Would it be my therapist, my friends, a spiritual advisor? my godmother and within this process I would have to be open to judgment and ready to receive the gems you know it's like that saying take the meat and spit out the bones then I had to look at the ongoing trends to fuel the dream joy peace gratitude love courage faith passion, forgiveness, understanding, healing, 
So let's go back and really concentrate on the journal prompt for this episode in this segment and really draw out how we want things to look for ourselves. And if you find that you're deviating, be patient with yourself, gently course correct, and let's check in with each other in the next episode. I love you and I love myself. Really, I love myself more. That's the first rule of preservation, right? I love myself more. Say it with me. I love myself more. Say it for the people in the back. I love myself more. When I first thought about this affirmation, I struggled because why does it have to be that I love myself more? Why can it be that I love you and I love myself? But saying that I love myself more helps to keep it in mind that I have to be centered. It helps you to keep it in mind that you have to be centered and keep your cup full in order to have overflow to give to others. So at dinner time, when you're pouring that glass of wine, you pour yours first. Because if you're happy, you're a better hostess. When it comes to that last piece of cake, hey, the kids will be all right. Because you're the one who has to stay up late and fold laundry and do all of the things. So it's okay to say, I love myself more. And when I say that, I'm choosing myself. I'm centering and making sure that I'm acknowledging the importance of self. I am respecting my boundaries. So when you love yourself more, love is able to flow from within you to without. You're able to let go of the past and live in the present because you're loving yourself more than any other version that could have existed. When you love yourself more, you radiate and you're able to heal your own life and your body is able to vibrate with health. I love myself more. I love myself more than anyone. I love myself more than my partner. I love myself more than my children. I love myself more than my family. And that's not selfish. It is the first rule of preservation. And so when I love myself more, I'm able to cultivate and build and grow so that way I'll have even more love and light to share with others. So now let's say it again. I love myself more. Let's say it again. I love myself more.
and one more time for the people in the back. I love myself more. Welcome back to the nine live segment, Talk and Discussion. Christine Smith Thorpe, a mother of two, hailing from Queens, New York, has a master's degree in public health from the University of Michigan, a background in substance abuse and mental health counseling, currently promoting a wellness coaching program with a focus on grief and trauma called Shine a Light through the business of Luminous Life Works, and she is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And reclaiming the dream process. So one of the first things that I wanted to ask you is what has the dream casting process been like for you as a big woman? So what, so first of all, right, the the term dream casting was new to me, right? Okay. But when I looked it up, it talked about really Um, allowing yourself to be free and to have an imagination about and an optimism about what you wanted your life to look like, right? And I think that that can be a challenge for Black people in general, a challenge for women, right? Because once you take on certain titles and certain roles, um, you know, it becomes harder and harder to think about how you can fly free and be wild and, and, and kind of go beyond um, limits and borders. So for me, um, I didn't know the term dream casting, but in terms of, you know, the process itself, um, you know, I, in the past year, I really had to utilize it in terms of rethinking what my life was going to look like going forward, you know, given the changes that happened, you know, because we have the, the pandemic that occurred, we're inside all the time, having children of uh, different um, developmental stages, which by the way, if anybody plans on doing that, don't, it's easier to have them in the same stage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself, Tanya, don't do it, don't do it. I thought I was so smart. I'm like, different developmental stages. It'll be great. And instead, it's like, wow, double the work, triple the work. What was I thinking? And all the um, crazy. All the crazy. Okay. All the crazy. All the crazy. Um, so <laughs> having to really, um, you know, work to imagine, having to really push beyond the border of what I could see or what I could think in my conscious mind. Um, so it, it, it's been a challenge in a lot of ways, but in other ways it's been liberating to understand how very pessimistic um, our society can make us and that we really do have a choice that's not this frou-frou, you know, mystical, lottie dotty, you know, fake choice, but like a real choice about, um, how you want to see the world and and how much light you want to come into your world. 
So that was a very good answer, ma'am. So, so, so impressed. I'm so impressed. But I did want to ask you this. Within your <laughs> within your response, you said that that you can feel free to um be able to chart your course, so to speak, right? And so um I don't know about you, but for me, I felt like, you know, once I became um a big adult, as my kids call it. And I was a mother, like my dreaming had to have these strict, rigid confines to them. And I didn't feel like I could be free or that I could dream the way I used to dream when I was a little girl. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like in the last five to seven years of my life, not only could I dream in that way, um, nope, I gave myself permission to do that. Yeah. Because I I feel like I thought that, um, and this is one of the things that I talked to, talk, spoke to before about the dream casting process or the dr- dreaming in general that I had someone else telling me how I could dream. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so um, when I finally um, got off the hook with that bit of terror and nightmare in my life, um, I was like looking behind my shoulder like, oh, okay, I can... I can do, I can do this. I can go, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. are almost like waiting for the, um, shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the thing, it, it seems like such a simple thing, but <laughs> very recently, the thing that got me to see that is that, you know, when I, um, when I watch movies now, I try to find um, movies from Nollywood or, you know, uh, with African-based crew, etc. And so I was watching this movie called Lost in London. And the entire time I was just so fearful because it's a story of immigrants who come and these really negative things that happen to them. But throughout the process, they never lose their hope even though these really negative things are happening. But the entire time I kept expecting like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? You know, like, are they gonna get, you know, human trafficked, right? Are they gonna go, are they gonna wanna sicken in the hospital and die? Like all of these things. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, it really made me see like I'm forecasting all of these really negative outcomes because we know that really negative things can happen to people, right? When they are immigrants and undocumented and what have you, right? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean that those negative things don't happen, but that there is a way that you can have an outlook that doesn't mean that those things have to be the end of the story, right? and so it was just really amazing to me to to have something that would um, shine back at me 
the idea that I felt so pessimistic about people and opportunity and what have you, because, you know, it's this idea that, you know, you plan for the work, you hope for the best and plan for the worst. Absolutely. Right? So, we're, yeah. So as a culture, um, and also like knowing reality, we're always looking for, oh, you know, this person seems nice, but what if they do this? Or, you know, this seems like a good idea, but what if this happens? And so I really had to open up to the idea, you know, going back to dream casting and really letting yourself be free, open myself up to the idea of like, okay, what if the worst happened, but what if the best happened? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really speaks to, you know, using the dream casting process um, as a lens in our own respective lives. Because when you see, when you look at art teaching you a story about how to, um, it gives you the opportunity to look at how you view things, not in a way that will tear you down but in a way that will reserve your humanity and give you options mm -hmm. just to do things yes. differently. You, you understand yes. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You don't have to beat yourself up about it, but is it another way to do it mm -hmm. so that you can feel like it's not all this gloom and doom? Like, I think that's one of the beautiful things about being a child. When I, I can remember when I went to Disney World as an adult, that was the second stage of magic for me. Mm. To be able to see that life that you have as a child. Um... I was reliving that through my children's eyes. It's almost emotional. Um, the way that it it felt. Um, and at the time, that was when um, Princess and the Frog first came out. So just imagine how that felt. Like there's never been um, an African or an African-American Disney character princess that looks like me definitely doesn't look, you know, I didn't even have daughters at the time. So when I, you know, I, you know, I fast forward to that time and now I'm going to Disney world a month before this movie is about to open. Like this thing has large positive um, implications on girl children that are African or African-American. Like, mm -hmm. even as, as, as a woman, what does that do to you? You know what I'm saying? How yeah. does it make you I, feel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think like the, that perfectly describes like how you can use dream casting as a lens through which to view our lives, right? Yeah. Because, you know, um, so much of what children see and so much of what we see and grow up with is pre-scripted right right and so there's this idea that if things don't work out i didn't do it right right mm -hmm. because in the movies they did this and this and that and it worked out right mm -hmm. when we see the marketing material they did this and this and that and it worked out right the next 
Two segments of the Girl to Grown podcast will include an interview between Amber Edwards Baker and Christine Smith Thorpe about dream casting. We will still be following the same format of the Ways and Means segment and I Got Jobs. Stay tuned. So, this is the segment about I Got Jobs, Careers, Side Hustles, Translation, Multiple Streams of Income. So, as they say out in the Georgia parts, how y'all are, how y'all are, welcome on back. We will be continuing our conversation with Miss Christine Smith Thorpe, an entrepreneur extraordinaire, extraordinaire, extraordinaire. So, um, one of the things about um having multiple streams of income. To me, that is important is that we don't become dependent on one sole source. And when that becomes depleted or challenged, we don't feel nervous as hell, mostly. You know what I'm saying? So because this episode has the thread of dream casting wove all through each episode we want to talk about how one exploring multiple streams of income through dream how dream casting informs multiple streams of income so i'm going to extend the floor to you miss christine okay and you tell us how you feel like dream casting can inform having multiple streams of income. Like, how does that work for you? Okay. So, first of all, I have to say that you are dream casting for me right now when you say entrepreneur extraordinaire. Okay. <laughs> all these titles. That's why I'm going to have to be like, let me, let me stretch, let me pull it together, you know. Um, because Amber done give me these titles and people gonna be be like, um, yeah, so extraordinary. Um <laughs> Yeah. And I'm gonna send you this episode and I fully expect you to send it to all of your fellow sorors yes, mm-hmm. so yes, that they ma'am. can understand and everybody can know the multifaceted work that you do out here in these streets, okay? Yes, me and we'll share with all my sisters. Please and please and please um, and thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so really, you know, that's what I'm working on right now, right? Okay. Because um, I I don't 
I don't fully have what it is that I want in terms of streams of income. And being able to dream is a part of being able to make that happen, right? Because most of us grow up, we go through school, we think that we're supposed to get good grades, get a good job, and that's the end of the story, right? And now we're finding that, you know, that doesn't mean as much as you think once you get out into the real world, right? Because you can have good grades, you could do all the things and still not get the jobs that you want, still not get the pay that you want. Um, And then because we are so programmed to kind of go into systems, it can be a challenge to be an entrepreneur and to say, hey, now I'm going to market myself. Now I'm going to promote myself and say, you know, look at me. Now I have to sell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so dream casting is like a large part of the process right now in terms of really imagining and believing that I that I am the entrepreneur extraordinaire, right? That I'm already it. So that way I just have to chart the path to become, right? To display it, right? Yes. To believe that um, my business will be a business that will be extremely profitable. Yes. But not just that but that it will help lives because I already know that it's helping people in order to have a better quality of life, right? Right. But I want to help more people. And I want to be able to use my natural talents to increase my quality of life because I'm not doing anything um, that I don't love and that I'm not good at. And so it's figuring out how to make all of those things work, right? right. So for me, I'm an idea person, right? So I come up with all these different ideas. So I have ideas for inventions. I have ideas for stories. I have ideas, you know, I write poetry. Um, you know, I do the the coaching and counseling and all of these different things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm dream casting to figure out how can that all kind of work together to make sure that I'm able to provide for myself and provide for my family. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, just looking at it. So let's say, for example, um, you know, in terms of creating the images that go with my Shine a Light program, right? Yeah. It's important to be able to dreamcast in terms of thinking about, okay, well, what would I want it to look like in terms of even the program itself and how I oriented it? Um, a large, you know, and a very important piece of it, maybe not a large piece, but a very important piece of it is the ability to kind of look at the past to inform what's happening with our lives now so that way you can then turn the light and shine it toward the future and chart a path for something new right so I say we glance at the shadow of the past as we look toward the present to chart a path to the future oh wow you know and oh I think yeah that was a little <laughs> um, shattering <laughs> make sure fasten your seatbelt could be a bumpy yeah. ride. Don't right. really know. But it, but it, was, <laughs> it was the ability to dream and to say, how do I tie together um, the ability to look at the past but not get stuck there, right? How do I tie together that with the ability to take a real stock of where you are now, right. but then be able to, to hope for to look forward to to um, be creative in the process of building a future that you really want, 
brain. Right. And as I started to look at the individual pieces, then it came together like, oh, that's how we do it, right? Because we're not going to stay in the past. We're just going to glance at it, right? We're going to evaluate where we are, and then we're going to turn that light, and we're going to shine it bright to say, okay, this is where we're going to go. And it took the ability to dream to be able to to come up with and to tie those things together. Also, I have a little bit of an artistic side, right? So I just came up with a t-shirt that I'm going to be putting together and put out, um, you know, talking about surviving and thriving. So it's, it's survive and thrive, right? Because it's acknowledging and holding space for where you are. We're in a pandemic. Everybody's just trying to make it. I'm just trying to survive, man. Which people have said that before, <laughs> but it's a whole it's, it, it's no realer words have been spoken, you know? Right? Mm-hmm. A whole new meaning right now. It's like, I'm just trying to survive. So to acknowledge a whole space for where you are, but then also to understand that you can go beyond it. So survive and thrive. Yes. Because, you know, when we tell people, oh, you got to grind, you know, you got to do this, it doesn't, um, it doesn't really honor their current experience because maybe they can't grind right now. Maybe they're so depleted because they're depressed or, you know, they're dealing with anxiety or they have housing instability, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, right now you just focus on surviving. Just focus on that for right now. But right. no, the ride is right over the head. It's right there, right? Yes. And then if you're in a place where you're thriving, you can honor and give yourself credit that you made it over the hill because you came from a place where you were surviving. Right, and I definitely feel like um, when you're surviving and you know that right over that hill, as you said, you are thriving, you're also, it gives you something to work towards. And sometimes, especially during the panoramas, as my children call it, um you need you need you need something to 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 give you um that will give you ammunition and will fuel you because times can be so bleak mm-hmm. you know once before um this probably about two three weeks ago I saw someone dancing like Literally, he had turned on the gospel music and he was holy hopping in the middle of the kitchen. And I was there for it every drop of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if, but then at the same time, you know, he, right after he did that, he went and did, you know, his African dance situation. I'm with it. You know, uh-huh. um, I definitely think that Sometimes we do. Sometimes we can only do what we can do. Yeah. Sometimes we can yeah. only do what we can do. And and dreaming is really about hope, right? Yes. Because you're not bound to your current reality. And what happens when people have been traumatized, right? Mm-hmm. Or when they're dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. There's so much that is unknown right there's so much that is uncontrolled right that it becomes easier for people to compartmentalize and to say you know to kind of look at things in black and white to kind of look at things with boundaries and edges because it helps them to feel safer right so Mm -hmm. if you're in a dark room and you don't know where the walls are 
you don't know if you could step off and fall and what have you, right? But if you can create these particular walls for yourself, these boundaries, it helps you to stay safe, right? And so when people are traumatized and they're dealing with these intense emotions such as grief, it's easier to kind of stay in reality, right? Mm -hmm. But when your dream casting is giving you that opportunity to have hope, right? To push those walls out right a little bit or to even knock them down completely so that way you can envision and see something that's so totally different than what the current reality is right i feel like when you say those when you say that that makes me think of just my personal life and how i me dreaming allowed me to levitate out of a very traumatic and toxic situation so even though at that time day in and day out I had to go in to battle with this person I knew when it was over I could go and I could levitate to this dream this experience where I was the only one there. I was the main character. I created everything in the dream and it gave me hope that this would not be my experience. This is not the way it was gonna end for me right now. This is what I was in. But that there would be an end for me. And that I was going to play more of a role in there being an end than what I thought. So I definitely, I definitely agree with, you know, how is, and I, I guess what I'm trying to get the audience to understand is how important dream casting can be. And it's not something that is trivial or juvenile. Um, it is a formidable tool for this thing we call adulting so if you don't start utilizing it in this day and time um you you could possibly perish your dreams are so important they are so important they are very important and so So, go ahead i'm sorry Hey lady, so understanding that you are now not a guest, but you are always welcome to be at the table of these nine live talks. We have initiated the work of being the sole casters of how our lives will look as big women. So let us wrap a taste about dream casting. So today we are going to do things a little different. I'm feeling courageous in my situation and I have invited one of my best sister friends. I'm going to give her a little introduction and we're going to sit around the table and have this talk about dream casting. Her name is Christine Smith Thorpe. 
She is a mother of two from Queens, New York. She has a master's degree for public health from the University of Michigan with a background in substance abuse, abuse and she and mental health counseling. And currently she is promoting a wellness coaching program with a focus on grief and trauma through the bit I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Call Shana Light through the business of Luminous Life Works. And let me not forget, she is an illustrious member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority in the corporated. Miss Christine. Hey, hey, I love the way you added illustrious. I got work to do. I got titles. To we trying to. Girl, we out here trying. Like you just earned me some more work. Listen, listen, listen Linda. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Listen. <laughs> so today we are talking about dream casting and reclaiming the dream process. So one of the yes. first things that I wanted to ask you is what has the dream casting process been like for you as a big woman? So what, so first of all, right, the the term dream casting was new to me, right? Okay. But when I looked it up, it talked about really um, allowing yourself to be free and to have an imagination about and an optimism about what you wanted your life to look like, right? And I think that that can be a challenge for Black people in general, a challenge for women, right? Because once you take on certain titles and certain roles, um, you know, it becomes harder and harder to think about how you can fly free and be wild and and kind of go beyond um, limits and borders. So for me, um, I didn't know the term dream casting, but in terms of, you know, the process itself, um, you know, in the past year, I really had to utilize it in terms of rethinking what my life was going to look like going forward, you know, given the changes that happened, you know, because we have the, the pandemic that occurred, we're inside all the time, having children of uh, different um, developmental stages, which by the way, if anybody plans on doing that, don't, it's easier to have them in the same stage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, don't do it to yourself. No, don't do it to yourself, Tanya, don't do it, don't do it. I thought I was so smart. I'm like, different in stages. It'll be great. And instead, it's like, wow, double the work, triple the work. What was I thinking? And all the um, crazy. All the crazy. Okay. All the crazy. All the crazy. Um, so <laughs> having to really, um, you know, work 
to imagine, having to really push beyond the border of what I could see or what I could think in my conscious mind. Um, so it, it, it's been a challenge in a lot of ways, but in other ways, it's been liberating to understand how very pessimistic um, our society can make us and that we really do have a choice that's not this frou-frou, you know, mystical, blotty-dotty, you know, fake choice, but like a real choice about um, how you want to see the world and, and how much light want to come into your world so that was a very good answer ma'am so i'm so impressed i'm so impressed but i did want to ask you this within your (laughs) within your response you said that that you can feel free to um be able to chart your course, so to speak, right? And so um, I don't know about you, but for me, I felt like, you know, once I became um, a big adult, as my kids call it, and I was a mother, like my dreaming had to have these strict, rigid confines to them. And I didn't feel like I could be free or that I could dream the way I used to dream when I was a little girl. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like in the last five to seven years of my life, not only could I dream in that way, um, nope, I gave myself permission to do that. Yeah. Cause I I feel like I thought that um and this is one of the things that I talked to talk spoke to before about the dreamcasting process or the dr- dreaming in general that I had someone else telling me how I could dream. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so um when I finally um got off the hook with that bit of terror and nightmare in my life um I was like looking behind my shoulder like oh okay I can I can do I can do this I can go you know I, you know what I'm saying they almost like waiting for the um shoe to drop mm-hmm. yeah you know the thing is seems like such a simple thing but (laughs) very recently the thing that got me to see that is that you know when I um when I watch movies now I try to find um movies from Nollywood or you know uh with African-based crew etc and so I was watching this movie called Lost in London and the entire time I was just so fearful because it's a story of immigrants who come and these really negative things that happen to them. But throughout the process, they never lose their hope, even though these really negative things are happening. But the entire time I kept expecting like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? 
you know, like, are they going to get, you know, human trafficked, right? Are they going to go, are they going to want to be sick and in the hospital and die? Like, all of these things. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, it really made me see, like, I'm forecasting all of these really negative outcomes because we know that really negative things can happen to people right when they are immigrants and undocumented and what have you right Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't mean that those negative things don't happen but that there is a way that you can have an outlook that doesn't mean that those things have to be the end of the story right um and so it was just really amazing to me to, to have something that would um, shine back at me. The idea that I felt so pessimistic about people and opportunity and what have you, because, you know, it's this idea that, you know, you plan for the work, you hope for the best and plan for the worst. Absolutely. Right? So we're, Yeah. So as a culture, um, and also like knowing reality we're always looking for oh you know this person seems nice but what if they do this or you know this seems like a good idea but what if this happens and so i really had to open up to the idea you know going back to dream casting and really letting yourself be free open myself up to the idea of like okay what if the worst happened but what if the best happened right yeah yeah and i think that really speaks to you know using the dream casting process um as a lens in our own respective lives because when you see when you look at art teaching you a story about how to um it gives you the opportunity to look at how you view things not in a way that will tear you down but in a way that will reserve your humanity and give you options mm-hmm. just to do things yes. differently. You you understand yes. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't have to beat yourself up about it, but is it another way to do it? So that you can feel like it's not all this gloom and doom. Like, I think that's one of the beautiful things about being a child. When I, I can remember when I went to Disney World as an adult, that was the second stage of magic for me. To be able to see that life that you have as a child. Um... I was reliving that through my children's eyes. It's almost emotional. Um, the way that it it felt. Um, and at the time, that was when um, Prince. We bid you adieu as the women who are on a journey to love hard, dream big, and go get everything the Most High has for us. Stay tuned for our next episode that includes part two of Christine Smith's interview on the episode on Dreamcasting. Thanks for joining us at the Girl to Grown podcast. We bid you adieu as the women who are on a journey to love hard, dream big, and go get everything the Most High has for us. 
stay tuned for our next episode that includes part two of Christine Smith's interview on the episode on dreamcasting. Thanks for joining us at the Girl to Grown podcast.